get it locked in. I guess I need to put my headphones on. That might be good. Ah. Me, 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 me. You have the angelic voice of an alcoholic. Some people make a career out of that. Specifically, Stephen Tyler. Wow! Not from Aerosmith, our friend Steve and Tyler. Oh. That's who I mean. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode Hello. 24 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I am Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. And today we're going to be talking about the age-old question, to go to film school or to save money and not go to film school? <laughs> Damn, I think we just <laughs> showed our bias. But, uh, uh, but first, what are you drinking, Alex? We're back on uh, that old, back on the old, beer old shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What am I drinking? We're drinking Kona again. We still have pale a, ale. I got the. Uh, I think I got a surfboard lager. What do I got? Uh, island lager. Sorry, nice. longboard island lager. Not bad. I have the Kua uh, Bay ooh. IPA. Mm, Kua Bay, my favorite of bays. Delicious. Right in front of Michael, and behind uh-huh. Old. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Old Bay. <laughs> Delicious. It's b- the best part of lemon zest. It, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, if you guys only knew how much we talk about food. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and think about food and dream about food. Um, I'm dreaming about it right now. Man, you're dreaming while you're daydreaming, huh? Yeah. Oh, man, this is going to be a great podcast. I'm like a, I'm like a person that can sleep with his eyes open. I can also talk while also dreaming about food. And eating. <laughs> and eating simultaneously. Now, I don't want to give anything away, but if you guys take the first letter of every sentence that we say at the end of this episode, it will be a recipe for a nice gumbo. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be real long, skills. though. Yeah, yeah, it's like, wait a second. There are 65 ingredients, and there's no directions on what to do with it. So there's a recipe, not directions, people. Just ingredients. So The directions uh, just say steep tea in pot. <laughs> I don't think those are the right directions. This is, this is the dumbest. I just can't. I, I hope there's somebody out there who does put it down, and then it's like, uh, the recipe says, <laughs> it's like, ooh, got him. It's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's new with us first? Not much, not much. We're, we live very boring lives these days. Um, we do. We, again, we have these projects that are the, the, the long burn. It's taken a while to get them realized, and that happens. You know, we mm-hmm. can't have mm-hmm. immediate satisfaction on everything. <laughs> and we don't, we don't put don't. A, nearly enough time in between our... Uh, Podcast. Recording of yeah. these episodes because, well, we just we get just busy. don't. We get busy and so <laughs> we, we realize that, oh God, we need to do a podcast for the next time it comes out because we have a bunch of other stuff to do uh, between now and then. So uh, we're also, when Alex is going on his honeymoon, which is soon, we're going to be doing a podcast early. Um, so uh, the what's new in that one is going to be slim to none. Super slim. We're going to be a day after we did the other one. Basically ones. nothing. Yeah, exactly. We woke up this morning. Boom, that's new. Um, <laughs> but to to do some things that are new, we have an announcement. We are going to have, are we having the producers? Is that? 
Well, they're going to select the appropriate. They have a, a, a gang of people a that gang, could do it. A gaggle. Um, but we're going to try to keep it to two people. Okay. Um, uh, for an interview with the the production team. Production team of Camp Mana. Yes. A feature film. A feature film that has uh, Busey in it. Busey's in it. Yeah, yeah. Who else we got in it? I mean, I have to look up the. Uh... I know. I, it, it's 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 a good. It's a good. It's a good crew. I mean, it's Definitely. it's legit. I'm like actually shocked that they actually want to talk with us. <laughs> um, I'm kind of scared. Why would they possibly want? Yeah. So Jimmy to... Tatro, which you guys know, um, if you've seen American Vandal. He is the oh, yeah, that's right. accused uh, <laughs> penis drawer, <laughs> which just makes Fantastic. me laugh as it is right now. If, also, if you've seen uh, 22 Jump Street, he is Rooster, the football player. Yes. So he is in it, like I said, Gary Busey, Joey Morgan, um, So uh, who's from Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, so they got some people. They got some people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get uh, to watch it before we interview with them, uh, and uh, we're going to go get into it next uh next podcast i'm excited I'm yeah excited. yeah you're right it so, is gonna be next i was gonna say it's not gonna be next podcast because this is gonna be the next podcast but oh, they're listening to it right now so fool. technically it is the next you, podcast you fool but anyway that's very exciting works. um yeah so um yeah so that's coming up next um we also wanted to let you know that i still have a big giant gaping hole in my head um yes. alex decided to write that in their notes um don't ask me why it is simply the fact that my wound is not yet healing, but it, it's healing. It's not yet healed, so I uh, mm-hmm. I have like a little yamaka on my head. I wear yeah. a hat around. Um, this is not interesting at all. This is how much we're stretching for what's new, guys. That <laughs> I this wish, is going on. If there. only I had the energy to post a photo of Trevor with his <laughs> god. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to combine the words gauze and yamaka, and it's not working out in my head. Gamaka. Gaz gazmica. Gazmica. Um, it's fantastic. Yasmica? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. That's um, pretty great. But yeah. Trevor is a holy man right now. Ah, uh, in more ways than one. Yes, indeed. Suck it. Um, so, yeah. So, not too much new with us. Uh, like we said, we're going to be releasing some projects soon here. We, you know, we're doing little side projects with people like our friends over at USC. Um, we're doing some extra stuff with Aura, which does uh, Larry's shows. Um, so, that's not too exciting. Um, that's just, you know. That's the that's the working man's tale. Yeah. Um, so let's exactly. just get into it then. Let's just get into it. Um, okay. All right. So so today we're talking about whether or not to go to film school. People um, will fight about this. Forever. People will fight about this. We've touched on it on previous episodes. Tickled it a little. Yeah. As you say. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't devoted an entire episode to it. And since it's one of the top questions it really is surprisingly it really is and it because i guess it is a pretty big it's a big decision yeah it's it's so, a big decision because it's expensive it's expensive it's time consuming yeah i mean there's a lot of potential you know questions that would arise from someone mm-hmm. um so i don't blame you I don't blame them. No, so let's I, get I, into it. What are what are some? Okay, of the- so we'll start with it. We'll start with the negatives because I think it's easy for people to pile on the negatives. So we'll get those out of the way first. Sure. So the biggest negative is depending on where you go. Um, I mean, not really depending on where you go. Most of the places you're going to go for film school are expensive. 
Yes. Um, you know, if you go to a four-year university, that's four years of college. Uh, USC was about 54, I think, when we went to school there. Yeah. 54 a year. So you're looking at, you know, if you don't have loans, if you don't have parents to help you out, if you don't have scholarships. You, I mean, you basically got to have loans. You got to have loans. Sorry. So if you don't have scholarships <laughs> or family to help you out, um, unless you have struck it rich in some other form of business, mm-hmm. um, you're looking at loans, and that's going to be coming out of school with, like, $200,000 of debt. And let yeah. me tell you, I took, out, I took out some loans for college. I was lucky that yes, I didn't have to I. take much. Those things suck to pay back. I think I've been pay, I've been, you know, I've been out of college for not that long. <clears throat> I've been out of college for a while. And you know what? The interest just, you just pay the interest. You really don't make any headway. And yeah. it sucks. Big yeah. time. Yeah, for sure. I was lucky enough that my parents told me early on, uh, not thinking I'd be accepted into any place like uh, USC, <laughs> they said, we'll send you to any college you want as long as you go to college. And I said, great. Wow. Wow. I got the... Um, and they're still paying it off. <laughs> I got the, the... So you had the parent help. You had the parent help. Yeah. I, had the, I got the... My parents said, we, I'm from Minnesota, so my parents were like, we will pay for you to go to the University of Minnesota while living at home. Yeah. If you go anywhere else, we'll pay the equivalent. It just so happens that while I was in school, University of Minnesota tuition went up. Chiching. Nice. <laughs> um, I also got um, USC is a private school, so they didn't. I didn't. I applied for all their scholarships, didn't get any. But because it's a private college, they were just like, "Hey, guess what? We like you enough. Here's half your tuition." So they gave me half my tuition. Yeah. And um, they gave me grants. Yeah, they gave me grants. Um, not, yeah, I didn't get a scholarship. It was an official either. scholarship. And, you know, that's the thing about, like, a private university unlike a public university. If it's like, hey, you know what? You didn't fit any of our scholarships, but you know what? We can do whatever we want. Here's some grant money. Yeah. Um, so they did that for me, and then I had my parents paying, and so I just took out a little bit of loan. I was lucky enough not to have to take out much, but it does suck. It does suck. Yeah, I feel bad for my parents who <laughs> I got out of high school I grew up in Las Vegas, and at the time, I don't know if they still do this, but if you had, um, maybe it was over like a 4.0 GPA mm-hmm. in high school, yeah, you got a full ride to Ooh. UNLV. Ooh. So I got a full ride to UNLV, and... You said, no, thank you. I turned it down to go to USC. Well, I mean, what's nice is that UNLV you feel- had just gotten the films program as well at unlv you could yeah. have been like the beginning class i could have oh uh, you could have been coming out of unlv shooting porn oh, man. and like uh the videos that they show at the shows at uh, yeah, the, <laughs> on the, the vegas strip make the videos that play on the electronic billboards yeah yeah but i mean luckily you are feel so bad about your parents still paying off you're gonna start helping them out paying it right well, I'm going to pay them back once I strike it rich here with uh, the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. So it's all up to you guys if, if Alex's parents can retire anytime soon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so starting off the bat, it's expensive. Um, yeah, and even, um, you know, there's other options besides four-year colleges. Yeah. There's conservatories, there's two-year programs, there's, yep. you know, other more focused things than, than like a, an actual four-year university mm-hmm. so you you could pay less that way by choosing a two-year program yeah um but i would say that it's still expensive oh my god yeah like like even the conservatories are expensive it's two years it's and all that but it's still expensive and also there's f- 
fewer, I would say probably, I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume there's fewer people accepted into conservatories. Mm -hmm. And as well as there's not as many scholarship opportunities because they're not these high-priced universities that have money to spread around. Um, yeah. Another another negative is that you can actually. I mean, Alex have said this a lot. Um, now, to be fair, I I enjoy going to film school. I loved it. I loved going to film school. So, to, but but so we just want to give you both sides. But I've learned you learn a lot of the practicality of filmmaking working on sets. Like yes, and I think you know we were on the cusp of this whole like digital thing. And I think before, um, before that, it was more difficult to sort of learn on set because you were regulated to your task. Like you were in on like union shows. And yeah. If you were a PA, you were just doing PA things. You weren't even allowed to like touch anything. Yeah. Right. So you were learning by observing. Yep. And perhaps like talking with people, but you wouldn't actually get the hands-on experience. Uh, but now, yeah. Now that there's like digital. Um, you know, get on like digital series, uh, working and you can actually get your hands on things and they won't like slap you. Yeah. Um, and you can they, really they kind almost, of experiment, they almost, try things out. They almost expect you to kind of like, yeah, they almost expect stuff you to, which is like that's a negative they, or positive. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. That's why they uh, pay you so little now. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you can, especially if you're in a big market, um, you know, they kind of say, um, if you want to be an actor, move to New York or um, Chicago or L.A. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. If you're if you're looking to be uh, work in the film industry and you have no experience, it'd be wise to go out to L.A. or New York because there are so many small productions going on that you could get on get experience on a lot of things. There's a lot more opportunity in those places. Yeah, and it's I mean that is a different topic. I would say is yeah. like, do you want to be the the big fish in a small pond. Yeah, and it, but if you're not if say you're not at the point where you can create your own project and you're in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. There may not be an opportunity for you to learn. Or maybe like there's one yeah. there's one production here and then there's nothing else for another 6 months and you're not you're not experienced enough to be like, you know, what, I'm going to do this on my own. Now granted, it doesn't take much experience to do something on your own. That's how you learn. You fail and all that, but at the same time, if you want to get that like quote unquote professional experience, you're gonna to have to go somewhere where there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, but there's also the idea that these secondary markets, right, like Atlanta or yeah. Louisiana, yeah, or whatever, they have productions going on regularly, and there aren't as many people theoretically. But here's the but, thing: I'm gonna inter- uh, interject here for one thing. Something like. Louisiana and Atlanta that offer amazing tax credits. Yep. The productions that are going there that you say are, there's a lot of them there because of the tax credits are usually bigger productions and you may not even get a PA job because there's just people coming down here who have all the experience to do it. I'm thinking that if you are like, you know, don't go to film school and want to start at the ground floor, you're going to have to go somewhere where it's like a student film is shooting or, you know, or. Yeah, it might be more difficult to get on. But yeah. the thing you have going for you is they're required to hire locals to get those tax credits. That's true. So it's like, depending on what you're trying to do. I mean, there's depending positives. How quickly in, you get down there and get a, a license that says, hey, you're a local. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, it's, it's, I don't know, there's positives and negatives yeah. to that aspect of um, it. 
but yeah, I mean, it 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 does say a lot that you can get a lot of experience, not just you know doing theory or reading about it or watching movies. Yeah, that if you get on set, any kind of set, you know, a film student at NYU, a film student at USC, a film student at uh, you know conservatory in Louisiana or Colorado or somewhere. Um, you know, I, before I came out to USC, I was thinking about going to University of Wisconsin Milwaukee because they had just started a film program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're in Milwaukee and they have a film program. It's not well known, but you know what? There's going to be students there that are working and on a project and need people to help. And excited so if you're in, to make beer commercials. <laughs> yeah, mm, sweet, <laughs> sweet beer commercials. So there are opportunities. There's many more in the bigger areas, but that doesn't mean there aren't. There aren't enough in the smaller markets, um, yeah, so that's I, one way. I would say, like the to me, the big thing that the big markets have is a more established, more readily available community of other people mm-hmm. that you can sort of like come up with or yeah. like, yep. you know, work together with. Start your own little mafia. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so. The other nay of film school, and this again goes back to what t- type of film school you go to, but if you go to a university, that's four years of prime movie making time. Like, you're 18 to 22. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's your golden age of making movies. But let me just tell you, when you're 18 to 22, you could do a 16-hour shoot, no problem. Yeah. When you're 32 and you're doing a, you know, a low-budget feature and you're shooting 16 hours, you're like, you know what? Screw this jazz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over this. I didn't wear enough socks for this. <laughs> <laughs> that's not where I was going to go with that, but all right. Yeah. You complain about socks and that just shows how old you are. You're like, damn it. You know what? This was going great until I realized I didn't pack. No, even worse. I realized that I didn't ask my wife to pack me five more extra pairs of socks. Yeah. Uh, and then it just goes downhill from there. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, but that's true. I mean, you spend that four years learning, yeah. which is great. It's and you awesome. get various levels of hands-on experience. And that's kind of another, I would say, negative of film school is you are subjected to their program. You know, if you, like at USC, for example, one of the kind of um, biggest, I don't know, problems that some people have with the production track at USC is that for a senior project, only four people get chosen to direct it. Everyone else has to crew it in various other mm-hmm. capacities. Yeah. But all these people, you know, most of the people in the USC pro- production track want to be directors. So yeah, to not be able to do a senior project, uh, a thesis where you are actually directing is a big problem for a lot of people. So um, at a school where, you know, they set the rules, you have to sort of live by those rules. And and which is why what you'll see a lot, and this is I'm noticing a lot more and more, and just you know dig into it a little bit more. A lot of people what they'll do is if they, and this may not they may not even decide that they want to be filmmakers while they're in college, they'll go to the master's program, which is a two year program, and that is more hands on like right. you're focused on making movies. So a lot of the people like 
Ryan Coogler, who went to USC, and then he directed uh, Fruitville Station, Creed. Uh, I think he did. I think it's called Black Panther. I think that's Something a movie. Like Is that, that a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. It got okay reviews. It made a little bit of money. Yeah, it wasn't um, super <laughs> smash hit. It was just yeah. kind of a yeah, smash hit. The guy gets to do whatever he wants now for the rest of his life. Um, he, you know, the of course. USC graduate, yo, rah, 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 rah. But he went to the, he went to the master's program at USC. Right. Um, so, you know, I would always get down on myself. I was like, oh, my God, these guys went to USC undergrad and went to film school and are making movies. And I was like, oh, no, wait. No, they went to the master's program. So they're, you know, a little bit further and they got a little bit more hands-on when they only had to focus on film. Yep. Um, and that's Alex's next big point is that when you go to a four-year university, Alex, what happens? You waste a ton of time. Uh <laughs> Doing stupid learning things. <laughs> like speaking English good. Um, um, but yeah. So one of my... I mean, I get it. Like, you're at a university, you're supposed to learn all sorts of stuff. The problem I had, though, like with USC, was some of the stuff that I had to learn was real dumb, right? Like, the way USC framed it wasn't like general, like, oh, you're learning... Math and science and whatever. No, it was like, okay, you're going to learn arts of Asia from antiquity to 1300. What? what? And you're like, what? Hold on. Or And then the, your next class is um, uh, earthquakes, where you learn about earthquakes. I'm, I'm sorry, but my history of rock and roll and three semesters of guitar uh, yeah. came in handy. Really did a lot. Really did a lot for my filmmaking career. I know. My one year <laughs> of, of college Spanish... Really went a long way. Ole, Mr. Garcia. <laughs> I tested out of Spanish one or whatever, unfortunately, because <laughs> I really wasn't ready for it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's so many like general ed requirements that you have to do that. Um, well, quite frankly, when you're in when you're in it, you don't want to do them. Yeah. A and then um, B. If you're in a situation like that, you feel like they're pretty pointless. Like. They're not. Yeah. Uh, they're so specific. I will give somebody a, like like I don't want I don't want anybody listening to this who's like just got their acceptance letter to a film school, a four year university film school, and be like, oh no. Take you know the bright side of it is that I always stress that you should have many interests in life, not just film, because that's where you get your stories for a film. Mm-hmm. So take it as an <laughs> as an opportunity to learn some other things and who knows what kind of script you could come up with who learning knows about what kind of movie you could come up comes. with about arts of Asia from antiquity to 1300 <laughs> who knows well I mean that did lend itself to our script any antiquity that's true so I mean that did help that's true so I think that it also I think influenced the movie Matt Damon Dragon Hunter <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you do waste a, a ton of time. You have your generals. You, um, depending on the school, you have to take, um, you know, uh, a language. You have to take, take a, different science and yeah. general education, all that stuff. And I joke about it a lot. <laughs> no, a lot. No. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm torn between it because. I think back now and I'm like, oh man, if I would have gone to like AFI yeah. and been hyper-focused on film, yeah, I feel like I would have left way more prepared. However, the cool thing about being at a four-year university mm-hmm. was I was able to simultaneously take 
these film classes, take these other classes, and work on outside projects. Yeah. Including a feature film, a big budget short film, and a dozen other short films and some TV shows and stuff. And why do you think that was, you were able to do that because you're at a four-year university? What do you think the four-year university lend itself to help you, to allow you to? I think because it was, the the learning experience was spread out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had more free time where I feel like if I was in a conservatory like AFI, uh, it'd be a little bit more intense, a little bit yeah, more demanding in terms it, of like the number of like projects that I'd have to do like specifically for class. And I did plenty of class projects, but at USC, but I was also able to do extra stuff, which was cool. And and I think also, no matter what you do, no matter what kind of film school you go to, you're kind of, I mean, class assignments as much as they want to be like encompassing and like grow your creative side. There are restraints to it. And while it was yeah. helpful in some senses, like our first, one of our film classes, the first thing we had to do was an in-camera edit, which means you couldn't edit on a computer. You had to, you know, shoot everything sequentially and yeah. edit it within the camera. You have to stop when you want to go to a new angle, blah, 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 stuff like that. Um, that kind of stuff helps you, especially when you're a young filmmaker, to sure. just kind of get the idea of editing. But as time goes on, like I wanted to make, you know bigger productions and they're like well you have to do this with one camera and it has to be you know and it was like yeah not only that but like in that same class the following films were like no dialogue yeah yeah that's true which is a bummer yeah i mean i get it it. again for one maybe like one film yeah but yeah again this was also back in the day when many of the classes were shot on 16 millimeter Mm -hmm. and so Doing sound and sync sound and all that was a whole different story back then. But yeah, yeah, whole whole different story. Yeah, so I mean, you do still waste some time, but there are some positives to it because you can learn other things that kind of influence you a little bit. And also, like Alex said, he was able to work on outside projects and produce movies and shorts and all that because class is so spread out. It wasn't like a two year intense program. Yeah. Um, so then we'll move on to. Yay, film school. Why yeah. do we love film school? Yay. Yay. Yay, film Yay. school. Yay, film school. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing, I think I've said this so many times that people are going to get annoyed with hearing it again, networking. Sure. We still work with most of the people we went to film school with. Um, we do. And going back to the idea of like a four-year university, with four years, you have way more time to sort of get to know people, start working with them on more things and Mm -hmm. building that network. Yep. And it's kind of funny because it's like, not only do you build that network of the people you went to film school with, and it's funny because I can, I can run into people I went to film school with that I haven't talked to in like a year, but it's just like, Oh, Hey, what's up? You know, I got a project I'm working on. Were you interested in working on it with me? Blah, blah, blah. Just because they remember you from film school. But also at least at USC, there's this USC mafia where like you just mention that you went to USC and chances are, especially in LA that somebody in that vicinity have went to USC and they'll help you out. Sure. Um, the Alex, Trojan family, the Trojan family. And Alex has a class ring of USC and I, I meant to get one because it's just kind of like a little calling card. It's just like, Hey, what's up? Sure. Hey, actually I have gotten jobs specifically for, from, you know, USC related things. So that worked out. Yeah. Did and, I tell the story last time? I don't know if you did. I, I've heard the story so many times, it's hard for me to... Well, I got... So we had a... I was in a pilot class where we made a pilot, uh, 
a three camera multicam pilot, like kind of like friends type uh-huh. style, you know, yeah. built the whole studio, did the whole shebang. But, um, in between actually like making it, we had people come in and talk to us about, um, shooting different projects. So we had the coordinator of several Nickelodeon shows come in. Um, and for whatever reason, I mean, I don't know what was going through my head back then, but I just went up to him after the class and was like, Hey, I'd love to get a job over the summer. I'm going to be around. And he gave me a job as like a behind the scenes videographer for a Nickelodeon show. Just from, for no reason, like he had no, no idea like what I had done or what I could do. He just was like, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Sure. Yeah. You'll see if I don't. Uh, how'd that go? How was that union job? I got fired. Um, <laughs> got fired. Not for your, not by any of your own fault. No, there was a union rep that showed up, and I got fired. Yep, because he was not union. So I was not union. And he didn't of course, say, I wasn't union. I was yeah. like eighteen years old. Yeah, it's like, it's like what, what, what do you? Come on, what do you expect? And and I think it was one of those things where they you were just supposed to say yes, and they would have gone. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I shouldn't have talked to them at all. I think, um, but anyway, they felt really bad about it, but they had to let me go. Yeah. Sad so, news, sad, sad news. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there there is this idea of networking that you could, um, especially if you stay in the area, you can build up your network in college that you can then utilize when you're out of college and get you gigs, get you crew, get you uh, scripts if you're looking for it. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, um, a cool thing in terms of networking as well, when you're at a university, you get all sorts of like internship opportunities. Yeah. Um, especially if it's a bigger named institution because they come a looking for you. Exactly. Um, so. so I interned at Dimension back in the day, the Weinstein Company. Yeah. Ooh. Which is real valuable nowadays. Yeah, super valuable. <laughs> Nailed <laughs> it with that one. Thank you, guys. But that was interesting because I was a script reader in the development department, so... Cool. I got the scripts that the agents would send over, mm-hmm. and I was sort of the first line of defense. Line of defense for bad scripts to sort of weed them out. You know, you you have a history of dealing with bad movie scripts or movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. You seem to be the lucky one who who gets to decide what's good or what's bad. Yes, and definitely. See a lot of the bad. I don't think I read a good script while I was wow. there. Maybe I'm too picky though. See, this is the other interesting thing about internships. Like, they had no prerequisites or any kind of like test to make sure I was able to do it. <laughs> like, they should have just said, like, giving you a, a giving you a questionnaire and be like, "What do you think of this movie? This movie? This movie? This movie? This movie? This movie?" Or like, would have been great is if they gave you generic plots, yeah, and of like real movies, but didn't say what the movie was. Yeah, it's like a not to say that this is you wouldn't be able to pick this out, but like a uh, underachieving genius uh-huh. who sweeps the floors at a university mm-hmm. is discovered to be a mathematical genius but having deep unsee uh, un uh like untapped uh like psychological problems yeah w- yes or no that are you talking about baby geniuses the <laughs> classic movie i'm actually talking about <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua <laughs> You got me though. Um, yeah, so they should have done something like that. I know they did nothing. All they did was say, "Hey, have you written script coverage before?" I said, "No." <laughs> you didn't even answer that one correctly. <laughs> and they said, "Oh, well, here's an example of what script script coverage is." I said, "Great." And they said, "Here, read the script and write some script coverage on it." I said, "Okay." Okay. Uh, so okay. I did it, and <laughs> man, yeah. First of all, I hated it. 
I hated write, writing script coverage. Ugh. Um, I hated reading the terrible scripts. Ugh. It was awful. Uh, but good learning experience. Yeah. I and mean, good networking. Yeah. So uh, networking is my number one yay film school. Um, what else you got, Alex? Um, Out with it. Well, I think you get um, sort of hands-on with real gear in the positions that mm-hmm. you want to do. Yeah. And you sort of like learn the basics of those positions because, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, on a on a set experience, it can be difficult to be like, okay, well, I'm on a quest to become a DP. I really want to get my hands on a camera and start shooting stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, they're not going to let you do that, obviously. And there's no risk to take the, the jump into the role you want to. Like, yeah, there's no risk whatsoever. If you're on set and maybe whoever's producing it paid for it for their own money or the director's paying for it or it's uh you know the dreaded passion project and yeah. you're like i'm gonna dp and you just bomb out completely yeah a lot of things are affected by that but sure. if you're in class and you bomb out i mean they're not gonna fail you for trying they're no. just gonna be like hey let's learn this this way yeah exactly um so and that leads to this other idea where you have the ability to kind of like experiment with different aspects mm-hmm. of the industry and decide what you really want to do because when i was in film school I focused way more on producing. I wanted to be a producer. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I focused on. Even in my side projects, I produced things. But Did you? La- yeah. But later on, <laughs> I wanted to uh, start learning camera and lighting yeah. and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just being able to. So I took like a cinematography class and uh, yeah, shot things with my camera running around and all that kind of stuff and just dabbled and sort of learned that I liked that a little bit more. I think I I always wanted to be a director, but going into film school, I was like, well, I want I want to learn it all. I had edit, I had, you know, edited things throughout high school, you know, yeah. the this the typical instead of book reports, I did videos. Um so I knew editing, but I took editing classes, I took cinematography classes, I took film theory classes. Um and it was one of those things where I remember sitting in one of my film classes and they're like, "All right, well, we're bringing in two actors from the movie Drumline, the uh, Nick Cannon uh, masterpiece. Nick Cannon came in? Yeah, it, I was just going to say that, the Nick Cannon canon. <laughs> well played. Thank you for saying it, because I was going to start laughing if I tried to say it myself. Um, and they're like, all right, we're going to do this scene. You know, it wasn't was not a scene from Drumline, but it was just a scene. And they were like, "Who wants to direct it?" And nobody raised their hand because it was like, "We're going to do this on the soundstage with a set, film it. Someone's going to edit it. Everyone had a position, and nobody raised their hand." And I was just like, "Screw it! You know what? I'm gonna." And I just raised yeah. my hand. I said, "I'm gonna. I'll, I'll direct it." And they're like, "Oh, great!" And it was frustrating, and it was yeah annoying. But it was like one of those things where like, who's gonna? Who's going to say, you know, I did a shitty job. I raised my hand sure. and I, I got a lot of experience from it. And um, my professor was uh, William. One of my professors was William Fraker. If anyone knows who that is, he was the DP of Rosemary's Baby, Bullet. Um, I mean, you go on and on. Mm-hmm. He's a legend. And so that was one of the reasons I was like, you know what? I'm going to raise my hand here because I want him to critique me. Sure. And I want him to let me know what I did wrong. And so... I don't think you have that freedom if you aren't in like a program where it's almost like you're supposed to fail. So you learn. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's the place to, to fail if you're yeah. going to fail for sure. Not grade wise, but just, uh, yeah, just, you <laughs> in know, your in your own mind. Yeah. I had yeah. a similar experience actually where that same project, 
I didn't even raise my hand. People just volunteered me because they didn't want to do it. Oh, God. And, I, <laughs> oh, and we didn't shoot it on a soundstage. We shot it at the Vagabond Inn, the motel. Yeah, I did that project too. Yeah. Um, and and uh, we had two directors, so we had two crews. Yep. It was like the, the guy takes off his wedding ring or something like that. And Well, yeah. Oh, I don't know if we did the same. We did a scene from Swingers. Oh, yeah. No, we did a, a different scene. Yeah, no, no. I was from Swingers. Yeah. And it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, it was really intense and just kind of like no one knew what they were doing. I, of all people, did not know what I was doing. And um, yeah, I mean, that would be probably in terms of the class projects I did, probably my biggest failure. <laughs> and you know, it was yeah. fine. I mean, it was worth it. I think. I think oh, it's yeah. even valuable to do it and fail. I mean, and, that's almost more valuable sometimes. Yeah, and then know what, how you failed because you have somebody there who's a professional who can just sit down and not, you know, like I can't believe you screwed up my project, but uh, hey, this is a learning experience. This is what you did wrong. This is what you could do better. Yeah. Um, and that. Super helpful, super helpful. Um, for me, I also think it, you know what it it helps you to learn the basics. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, there's no stupid question because everyone's coming in, and you know, I don't care what people say about like, oh, you know, I used. I, I remember I was sitting at orientation with this kid, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm going in the film school. I did this uh, Star Wars short and did my own lightsaber effects, and, <laughs> and, and 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 you know, back then this was when digital was slowly coming out." And I remember just sitting there, be like, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. And you know, you get you get those yeah. people in film school who are like, oh, I've been doing film for five years. I'm like, yeah, shut up, just sit down. You haven't. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and these are also the people that get really arrogant. And then when they get told by you know people who have been in the industry for sixty years that they did something wrong, they're like, no, me. And mm. and so it's art. Yeah. How dare you? So you guys are, you, for the most part, you're on a level playing field. So there's no real stupid questions. Yeah. Um. And so you kind of learn the basics. You learn. Lighting. You learn, you know, three-point lighting. You learn um, just using a camera. For me, you know, for us, it was a film camera. But as we got into digital, it was also using a digital camera. It was, mm -hmm. you know, importing uh, footage through the Avid system. It's mm -hmm. just all the basics that just you got to know before you, you jump headfirst into yeah. a project. Even, you know, things like theory, which you can't to learn on set, really. Yeah. Um, film theory. Or... Um, Things like, I mean, you could learn this on set, but like things like composition or just things that mm -hmm. aren't so like technical, but are still yeah. just like, uh, you know, different, different things that you would want to know as a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's you learning the basics. And again, you can kind of do that if you go on set, but you're not, they're not going to have time, especially if it's a, you know, it's a professional set that costs money. They're not going to take the time to explain things to you right then because time is money and they got to get yeah. on to the next shot exactly and what what uh crew member is going to explain to you um film genre hybridization and pastiche <laughs> hashtag drew casper oh drew casper <laughs> oh you're the best um so yeah so it teaches you the basics uh film school and it just helps you kind of get the basis of knowledge to begin your career mm -hmm. and you can't even get you can't get all of it from books even I mean, you can read a lot in the books, but again, the hands-on experience you get to learning the basics is vital. Yeah, totally. Uh, what else? What else we got? Um, well, I know for us, going to USC, one of the uh, big old pluses of that is we get to have a lot of free booze at screenings. That's true. That's a bonus. USC has a lot of screenings of movies before they come out. 
and, and they we usually, close them down. Yeah, we close them down. Uh, I don't know if we should be proud of that, but <laughs> you know, there's like 25 year olds there, and then there's us, and we're like, ah, you know what? I will be proud of that. We're out drinking the 25 year olds, and they're crashing. Yeah. Um, and you know, so we go to we Walla Wally Super Eight. Um, I mean, most movies they there's screen- a screening this next week for um, what is it? El Royale. Is it really? Yeah. Why did I sign up for that? <laughs> it's next Wednesday. Hit that. Next Wednesday. Oh. 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 I'm a, I, ooh, are you going to go? Probably not. <laughs> that a boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, that is one little, uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Happy time for us. And then, I mean, we already touched on this, but... Um, you know, different programs, different different aspects of film school, you can be more focused and have a, a clearer learning path than just trying to like figure things out on set. You know, like mm-hmm. it's the it's the idea of having everything organized and structured versus yeah. trying to pull in nuggets of wisdom whenever you can. I don't know, which one would you rather do? Um because I talk about this all the time. If you're out there trying to make your own projects yeah. and you don't have any sort of like circle of influence or like people around you that um, you look up to or that you're like learning new things from or different like areas of learning, you're mm-hmm. just like making the same mistakes over again. You're not really learning anything. It, that's true. Um, so that can become a problem if yeah. you are trying to improve faster. It's a lot easier to improve faster when you have people saying, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't do it that way. Or like, that's not the best way to do it. There's other ways you can go about doing that versus yeah. being like, Oh, I'm just going to, this is the only way I know how to do it. I'm just going to keep doing it this way. It works for me. But then you, you realize, Oh, there's like 20 other things I could have done that would have made this way faster, way easier, way better. Yeah. And not to say that you shouldn't experiment and like come up with your own ways and the ways that you like. I mean, you know, a, Professor can only tell you so much how to direct. You know, everyone has their own sure. directing style, but there's just things that they could do that you could do that just so much easier and so much more fluid and like take from their experience. Take in all the experience. That's one great thing about film school that I, we didn't even write down is for the most part, you are surrounded by experienced veterans in the industry that have so much knowledge that it's like I remember just sitting after class. William Fraker was obsessed with Turner Classic movies and, um, uh, what was the other one? Um, AMC. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not AMC. That's the movie theater. Um, well, AMC. Oh yeah, yeah. American Movie Classics. Mm-hmm. Um, before they got Breaking Bad and all that. Yep. And he would just be obsessed with those channels because that was his era. They would show movies from his era of filmmaking, and I think he was so shocked to hear that I loved those channels. Um, and I would watch those movies all the time. Right. He would sit with me and just talk about making these movies or what they did in the movie that he loved so much or just like movies like that. And so it was just like, you know, I was a college student who was missing out on like just going to Ragers because I was sitting there talking to 75-year-old William Fraker about <laughs> uh, these classic black and white movies, and it, I wouldn't have traded that for anything. It was amazing. It was just like... I, I gained so much of just the industry of knowledge of the industry and all that mm-hmm. um, just by sitting there and, and taking it all in. Totally. Totally. And then when it, I think um, when it comes to more specific things, mm-hmm. like for example, okay, if you are going out there into the world uh-huh. and all of a sudden you need to rig up something with grip equipment. Yeah. 
There's a lot of really specific grip equipment that does a lot of really specific things, and it's not really obvious just by looking at it what things do mm-hmm. necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. So learning those specific things, like if you're doing it on set, that's the last place you really want to be learning that. I know. You know, so that type of stuff, it's way better, in my opinion, to learn it in a learning situation like a school or even, you know, an alternative way, whether it's like some type of online thing or whatever. And I think that's very helpful if you want to be like an all-encompassing Swiss Army knife of filmmaker. Sure. I just have a story of uh, my uh, teacher's assistant my senior year. He was a graduate student. Mm -hmm. He was shooting one of those Coca-Cola filmmaker competitions. Yeah. And I just remember, and this remember, this is the guy who's like giving guidance through our class and all that, and he <laughs> wants to be a director. And so he was, he rightfully so, he got all the students from his class to help out on his project for free, so we could gain the knowledge. Yeah. And it was just so I don't know if it was disheartening or just a sigh of relief that I didn't know everything because he was the director, and he was like, "Yeah, I have no idea what any of this equipment is called. Like, I don't have the names <laughs> for none of this. That's why I have a DP." Sure. And it was like. It was like kind of like, whew, okay, but at the same time, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> really? Definitely. But nowadays, I think you do, there are different positions where yeah. a lot more is expected of you. Yeah. And I've been on sets with people who are supposedly like all-in-one type of like shooters and DPs and whatever um, that don't know the right way to set up a C-stand. Yeah. You know, things like that, where it's like, whoa. Not only is this basic, but it's also like a safety issue. Basic bitch. You know what um, I mean? You know, yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's almost funny because, yes, yes, I think that you're expected to know more on set, and you should. And I, I will fully agree that at any point in time, you should learn as much as you can of all aspects of filmmaking, pre-production, post-production, production, cinematography, editing, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But it's still, to this day, I get it, like... Every once in a while when I'm on set as the director and I'm like, like, and it's like a, a paid, you know, shoot. It's not like some volunteer thing. It's not a passion mm-hmm. project. And I'm like, like lifting sandbags or moving lights or like helping people unload vans. People are still shocked. They're like, oh, hey, you know, you, a, you, a PA or you, a grip or you, a gaffer. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm the director. They're like, wait, well, what? what, why are you doing? It's kind of like, there's still that stigma of like, everyone has their predefined roles when, sure. when money gets involved. And it's just so funny that it's like, no, to me. The director should know all aspects and help all aspects because it's a big project. It's like everyone's involved. Definitely. And I think it's helpful, you know, for even like a producer. I remember I, sh- I was the producer on this um, web series back in the day. It was like one of the early web series that actually had funding. Okay. And um, I think it ended up at BET or Hulu or one of those okay. places. Okay. But they were, you know... I think they had 20 grand total for uh-huh. this series, you know, which is at the time was kind of like a big budget for a web show. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they only had 20 grand, they were kind of understaffed in like the grip electric department. I think they only had, they had a gaffer and a key grip and no one, you know, no like grips or electricians okay. or swing yeah, people yeah. or anything like that. So me as the producer, um, I would do all my producer tasks that I had to do, and then I pretty much had to run over and help them, you know, unload the truck, set up lights, you know, rig things because it was just like a necessity to get things done in time. I mean, there w- if I hadn't done it, 
we would have been way behind schedule. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about when it's like nowadays in this digital world, it's almost like maybe is maybe it is, isn't even expected of you from from other people, but if you don't do it or if you're not able to do it, it just increases the amount of time that things take because things tend to be like understaffed. Um, you don't have like the huge crews and stuff like that that you would normally have. Yeah. Um, so it's a trade off of, do I want to, do I want to be on set for 20 hours or do I want to help out in this other department? Especially as crews are getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost one of those things where you have to help out because you, like you said, you have like a crew of three. Yeah. Or a crew of four. Yeah. And if you're just sitting there, we, I mean, there's horror stories of directors that we've known on certain shows that have been recorded just sitting there while everyone else is working their ass off and like trying to catch, make time up. And they're just yep. sit, sitting there on their phone. Um, it's like. Yeah. And not only that, but I think it, in, depending on the situation, right? If you're on like a real professional shoot, this isn't the case. But if you're on sort of like, a run and gun shoot or like a, an understaffed shoot or just a kind of like a lower budget shoot, the crew will start to resent you yeah. if you don't participate in, you know, be a team player, so to speak, um, and help out with all these things. If you're just sitting there, you know, doing whatever on your phone and everyone else around you is like unloading gear or like setting stuff up and you're just kind of like not even paying attention yeah, the the crew is going to start resenting you. It's going to be a revolt. It's gonna... going to be like a a pretty difficult shoot. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the worst thing ever. You don't want to start off a shoot with everyone hating you. Yeah, like then you're screwed. And so I feel that you know. Now to be fair, oh, uh-oh. Uh-huh. if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> don't right? get in the way. Don't get in the way. But I think you need to, like people in that scenario need to understand that that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're staying out of their way because you have no clue yeah. and you will actually cause problems by helping. Yeah. Now I think it's hard to claim that when it comes to things like unloading gear. Yeah. That's you pick just, it up out of, the, cu- out of well, the truck and then you put it in a pile. Yeah. You set it up, you stage it. Yeah. Set. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that there's, I mean, in this day and age, there's very few excuses on, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm like not helping out in other aspects. I know. It gets bad. But that's only on those specific types of shoots. Yeah, that's true. That's Anywho. True. Yeah, we went on a over. rant there about how you should just always, always give love. Um, so, yeah, so I guess there are some positive and negatives, but mm-hmm. don't think you have to go to a four year university like USC to right. get your education because there's also alternatives. Yeah, um, there are alternatives galore, in fact. Yeah. Which, before we start into that, uh, how do we miss all these great freaking movies that were screened at USC? How did we miss them? The Predator. I know. The Sisters Brothers. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get these alerts? I'm not getting these alerts. Oh, man. Oh, man I'm just not off. going to them because I live way farther away now. They, they're just they're kicking me off. They're like, you know, this guy's no longer an alumni. He's been, he's the worst. Um, yeah, you stopped, you stopped paying the 25 bucks. Uh, did you? No. Oh, man. I should probably do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, there are a, a lot of other, I mean, you can, like, a, like Alex had mentioned before, conservatories. Um, mm-hmm. there are, uh, 
online schools. There there's are. online courses. There's books. There's, um, there's intensive workshops that are like yeah. three days or a week or two weeks or something like that. Just like through maybe uh, a school or some type of program, a lot of times they'll have what they call an intensive mm-hmm. or even like just a one-day workshop. Uh, you can find workshops even from places like Able Cine or like uh, different, I don't know, stores have workshops yeah. sometimes. Like Film Tools probably has workshops. Yeah, I mean, and also a lot of times what they'll do is if they're releasing new gear, a lot of these rental shops will have workshops just on the gear. And then, hey, get, get to know a camera. Exactly. Uh, get to know a new new lighting setup. And if you um, buy one of those cameras, yeah, you know, I think, I think Able Cine does this almost as like a marketing ploy for you to buy from them. But if you buy a camera from them, let's say you buy like an Alexa, right? Mm-hmm. It's an expensive camera. Yeah. Right? They're like, oh, it's worth it to us for you to buy that from us. We're going to produce uh, a two-week program or like a, a weekend program yeah. about how to, like dives deep into like how to use the camera. Get your to hands get you dirty. Like, yeah, to Excited. get you like acquainted with it. Or they'll even do it if you're interested in it because they hope that you come and play with it and be like, I need to have this. Yeah. Now, the thing is, they offer these classes and they cost money. Mm -hmm. But if you buy the camera, they's free. Yep. Yep. So uh, look into that. Um, You know, not that anyone who's uh, not in high school or eh, even if you're in high school should be listening to this podcast because our language is a little bit of dirty. I know. Sorry about that. But uh, there's there's summer camps almost. There's summer, summer filmmaking camps. Um, Not only that, uh, there are. And um, one of our old professors, Peter Xline, does mm-hmm. one out at, at Pepperdine, which yep. I'm sure is kind of cool. Yep, yep, um, yep. But they have summer programs as well through... Programs. Programs. Like UCLA Extension or something has yep. like summer screenwriting programs yep. and all sorts of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of ways you do it. AFI is... Uh, is there a, two, is there a two-year program? I don't. I think so. Yeah. But they also have shorter programs yep. um, um, that are, I think, pretty difficult to get in. And um, keep trying. I mean, if they if you show the determination, eventually they'll let you in. Um, so start try, yeah. start applying early. And the cool thing too is like companies have different opportunities. Yeah. I heard about one through uh, Digital Sputnik. Mm-hmm. Which is a Makers light manufacturer. Uh, they make maker of light. Uh, I, I combined light maker, light and makers together to make it lighters. lighters. They're lighters. Uh, they're light makers. They're um, a light lighting company. They make these cool LEDs uh, that have been adopted in all sorts of different movies. They New tout videos. a lot of Star Wars movies that use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had an interesting learning experience that they sent to me because I had signed up for notifications about their new Voyager yeah. product. And they were like, hey, uh, we're doing a um, a two-week-long, I think it was two weeks, or maybe it was one week-long um, cinematography training where you will be on set with the cinematographer of Iron Sky 2 or 3. Yep. Um, shooting an actual pickup scene from the movie. Yeah. You'll get a credit in the movie. And then we'll go into the post house and we'll color grade the scene together. Awesome. Like, how cool is that? Awesome. It was like 800 bucks. Not bad. Not bad. How was it? I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I was busy. That's great. That's what I was waiting for. Um, <laughs> I no, but was that's, busy. A really, that's a really cool thing. So um, cool. And then B&H had one that yep. I did do. 
Yeah. Which was in, in New York. Um, it was the B&H Masterclass program where they had different filmmakers like Vincent LaFerre and whatnot. They did uh, presentations in mm-hmm. front of like the theater. And then we went and paired up with uh, one of them as like a, a mentor. And then we shot a project with them over a weekend. And um, yeah, I mean, that was fun. Did that. There, there's tons of those um programs as alex would say um Program. <laughs> out there where all you can words make. tend to lose meaning the later it gets <laughs> um yeah there's online schools and online courses like uh cinema summit um mm-hmm. where we try and teach you some things um there's there's a wealth of information even more so than when we were in film school there's a wealth of information out there of of how to get the basic knowledge of filmmaking. We can't stress enough, though, that you got to shoot stuff to really learn. You definitely do. But an interesting, <coughs> an interesting thing that I found out, right? Uh-huh. So I started doing cinematography. Okay. And I was kind of learning as I went, mm-hmm. you know, doing that whole deal. Because when I was actually in school, I didn't start figuring it out that I was interested in it until the end. Okay. Um, so I got out of school, got myself... A Canon 7D started shooting, playing around with it. Yep. Got asked to, to like shoot things. Mm-hmm. So I would do it. Wasn't great. Yeah. Um, eventually, you know, just kept shooting stuff. Yeah. Got Larry. Uh huh. Um, did that. Yep. Which was great. It was like talk show, it was like interview style stuff. But then all of a sudden we got asked to, or we've, we were asked to shoot other things like the rock yeah. uh, video. And I started you to question can... myself. Uh-oh. Right? Because it was like, okay, we have to shoot stuff out in the middle of the night with very little, very few lights. Yep. How do you create moonlight if you don't have, like, you know, the the real right stuff? If you're trying mm-hmm. to use, like, battery-powered yeah. battery light panels. Trying so, to simulate light coming, breaking through the trees. And these are tall trees. These are yeah. not like, oh, yeah, just put a branch in front of it and Yeah, like, that. how do you do that when you're using these little battery-powered things? So I discovered that you can, like... Look up stuff. <laughs> what? Yeah, online, and they have courses. Oh, yeah, and stuff, and you can like go out there and find specific things, and uh, learn real techniques, and see it happening on a set. YouTube is great for this kind YouTube, of stuff. YouTube. There's also paid courses. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff out there. Yep. And I was like, oh man. And so I then, I mean, I've always been obsessed with extra learning. I've always except, been extra. Except, except in universities where you have to learn about ancient Right, art. right. No, let me, let me clarify. <laughs> I've always been into extra learning about filmmaking. Uh, so even when I was yeah. at USC, yeah. I would seek out extra stuff. Like I yeah. wanted to go to these workshops. I wanted to have like online courses that mm-hmm. I was learning from. Yeah. Just so I could get, you know. Sort of like an edge, even really. Yeah, I mean, over and, even other students. Like, I just wanted to know, know yeah. how to do things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a great way to start learning. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of pros and cons about film school. Um, it was great for me and Alex. It's not great for many people. You know, it's one of those things. It's kind of, <clears throat> I talk about this with my wife all the time. It's so hard to lock in unless you're super passionate about something like filmmaking. It's super hard to lock in an 18 year old to what they want to do for the rest of their life. We know people yeah. who went to film school that we work with, you know, on a monthly, weekly basis. We also know people who went to film school and spent all that money and don't do anything with film. Sure. Completely different. 
I'm not just talking about like, oh, well, they're doing VR or they're doing, you know, this. Or that. Completely different. Real sure. estate agents, um, car salesmen. Like um, English teachers. English teachers. Um, working in the uh, embassy in Mexico. Like, completely different. So there's no... Nobody should tell you that you have to go to film school if you really like filmmaking because you never know if, if in two years you're just like, you know what, this isn't for me. And now you're, you know, two years into it, a very expensive program, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, my parents are going to disown me. Um, right. But they still hold that debt. Um, it's true. And but so, that, again, if we're talking about pros of four year film school, yeah. you spent those two years doing a lot of the general education yeah. requirements. Therefore, yeah. you can easily switch. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but like, don't feel that if you one or are too old for, or you feel you're too old for film school that you missed out and you're screwed. No. Um, and don't feel that if you did go, you wasted your money. I mean, there's pros and cons of it all. Yeah. Um, I, I loved, I loved it completely. I was able to work on TV shows, on movies, on shorts, um, meet, met a lot of great people, still had a blast in college, too much fun in college. Um, yeah, and it it change it, it's different for every person, but it I I do honestly think that some kind of basic knowledge learning of yeah. uh, filmmaking is is crucial. We wh- whether it be through um, you know uh, conservatory, a four year program online, or just getting on the set and getting your hands dirty. Yeah. Um, don't expect but to be making able to, an active effort to yeah, learn. Exactly. Make an active effort to learn. Find somebody on set who you can talk to after if it's not a long day of shooting. Um, yeah. You know, we still talk to old guys that we worked with, like Richie, who is oh, how yeah. old is he? I don't even know. Uh, I don't think he ever told me his yeah. real age. <laughs> He's got to be in his seventies, and dude just loves movies and talks about movies and complains yeah. about movies. He's the um, best. And so you know, just get any bit of information you can and knowledge from the people that you work with if you're just going to go straight to working on set um, because it'll help. It'll give you an edge. Like Alex said, you got an edge by that learning. Yeah, get your learning on. Get your noodling going. <laughs> Why, man, we talked about learning this whole time. didn't say noodling. I know. Uh, I, I'm proud of us. Me too. All right, so that'll do that for that. Um, we, you know, Man, we could go on and on about how many people ask us if they should go to film school. I know. So I'm just going well, to put them well, to this podcast. Uh, to summarize, I would say for me, yeah. If someone asked me, should I go to film school? I would say not necessarily. Here's the factors. But yeah. if they asked me if I could go back in time and yeah. do it again, would I still go to film school? I would say yes. Absolutely, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Now, I may have I may have minored in business. Oh man, um, heck yeah! But I, if I could do it all again, because I literally. I got accepted to USC without knowing what the financial package was. And I was like, I can't afford to go to USC. Sure. And then I got to hold the the financials together and I accepted to go to USC before I ever stepped foot on campus. Never looked at the campus once. The first time I ever saw campus and ever came out to LA was when I was with my dad for orientation. Wow. And so like for me, it was like, uh, hell yeah, I'm going to go to the number one film school in the, in the the world. And so, and it's not just because it was the number one film school in the world. I mean, that helped, but it was just the fact that I was going to film school because I loved making movies. And so I would absolutely do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think if I looked back on it, my only regret would be that I didn't go to grad school because I was thinking about it. I wanted to go to the producing program, the Stark producing program at USC. And I was, 
I you thought know, about it, but it's so funny because I talk about this with a lot of people. It's like when you're getting out of college, you're like, oh, another two years in college, come on. But then three years after college, you're like, I would have been done by now. Like, yeah, I would have been it. done, and I would have had damn it, way more knowledge in in my yeah. brain. And yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I probably would have, I probably would have minored in business, um, maybe gone to the producing program, um, yeah. and you know, done something like that. But uh, I definitely would have gone back to film school if I had another go at it. Yep, I, I wouldn't. I don't regret it one bit. Nope. All right. So what's cool? What's awesome out there? Um, for, what is awesome out there for me? Um, Sony just introduced. Uh, well, didn't really introduce them all, but announced uh, twelve new E mount lenses. Um, yeah. You know, just a wide range of focal lengths. Um, but they also introduced a new technology called IAF. I as in eyeball. I Don't be eyeball. confused yes. with all the other eyes. Yeah. The letter eyes that are on lenses. Me, myself, and I. Um, oh, yeah. All the other eyes that are on lenses. Um, I as fuck. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. I animal focus. Animal, animal focus. focus. Yeah. <laughs> I autofocus. Animal, yeah. animal eye autofocus. Yeah. That's actually, I don't know if the animal is actually in the name of it, but it's I autofocus. And what it is, is it's geared towards wildlife photographers and videographers. And it kind of finds the animal eye and focuses on that. So you get that nice clear shot of the face. Yeah. Um, and it's an automatic system that they're introducing in their cameras and lenses. Um, they and kinda, what's crazy is if you stand in front of the, the camera mm-hmm. and there's a lion behind you, it'll, it'll know yeah. what the animal is. Yeah. It will read that there's an eyeball in frame <laughs> from an animal, not a human. Guys, we're soon going to be doing away with anything that is manual and people oriented <laughs> when it comes to filming. It's all going to be computers. Uh, it's um, going to be a eye. Oh no. Which stands a- for animal eye. Yeah. Animal eye. Yeah, um, it's like the Lytro. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Lytro. Lytro is this revolutionary camera that would uh, capture all the lights. So you could change focus in post. You could yeah. literally click on a part of a photo, and that part would go into focus, and everything else would go out of focus. Crazy. Well, they introduced a cinema camera, and so yeah. basically, it's huge. You don't, yeah, you don't even need to focus anymore. Uh, you just need to point it, collect all the data, and then focus yeah, it later. Collect all the light field data. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Uh, so Sony's got new twelve new lenses coming out for their E mount system. That's cool. Yeah, Alex, what do you got? Well, uh, let's see. What do I want to go to first? I'm oh, going to do the Core SWX oh, HyperCore yeah. XL I like battery. This. I like this. Go ahead. This is a huge new battery that has 293 watt hours, oh. and you can get it in V mount, Gold mount, yeah. all the standards. But man, 293 watt hours, yeah. and it's the size of you know the old Hytron 140s. It looks like, yeah, and it's probably lighter than those oh, because those things were bet. beasts. And it has the cool little digital readout interface mm-hmm. on the back. Tells you how much time you have left and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, Price point? About, about $800. Not crazy. Not crazy. But to know that you could probably get two batteries, two, three batteries in there? Yeah. Two, three batteries. Like, for a day? Yeah, for a day. Not bad. So at that, with 293 watt hours, our V35 would run for about three hours, 15 minutes. <sighs> that is awesome. That yeah. is awesome. I mean, you're looking at... So really, you need you need four on a quad charger uh, to last a whole day, probably. Yeah, but you charge those at night. That's all you need. Solid. I mean, $3,200 is not that crazy when you think about how many batteries we have. I know. And $3,200, I mean, well, not including the charger. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. That's not, that's not that crazy. No, it's really not. Because um, we have a ton of batteries we because we have much lower watt hours yep. on ours. And, uh, but we have a ton of batteries. Tons. And if we could shrink that down, that'd be awesome. 
Um, all right, so I've got the big announcement that everyone was talking about today, and that is the Panasonic, Panasonic introducing the Lumix series that is now full frame and mirrorless. Yes, the SR, is, S1R and S1. S1R and S1, this is their first foray into mirrorless cameras, I believe. And, and, and full frame. Full frame DSLRs. And full frame DSLRs. So, because they have the GH5, GH4, that whole series, and it's all micro four thirds mm-hmm. uh, lens mount. These are going to have, I'm assuming, a new lens mount. Yeah, well, I'll get I'll get to that in a second. You're jumping the gun, man. You're Sorry. too excited. You're Sorry. too excited. Um, so it's going to have. So the the S one is more towards the video, okay. And the S one R is more for the the photo takens. The photo takens. Um, but it's you know autofocus. The photo McPop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's, it's got your, uh, 4k, 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 60, yep. 4k, 4k, 60, 35 millimeter full frame image sensor, dual IS image stabilization, dual card, yep. Vlog, dual card slot. Um, so it's kind of, it's, you know, it's kind of nice. It's kind of a step up. Um, you know, it, if you like the, um, the full frame and the mirrorless, then there's the way to go. Um, me and Alex have the V35, which is the dual ISO. This does not have dual ISO. Nope. So we would probably go more for the GH5S. Probably the S, yeah. Um, but, um, but for people who are you know big fans of the Lumix, um, you're going to jump into these cameras, and it's going to be be happy, happy. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to have an option to have like a Canon mount on it or like a Nikon mount or something. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get to that thing. It was going to be another item, but Alex jumped the gun. Jumped it. Um, because they, along with announcing these cameras, they announced a new partnership they have with Leica and Sigma lenses. And there is. For a new mount. <laughs> this is. It's going to really bake my beans, guys. <laughs> is this the first time you've given your trademark bake my beans on this podcast? I doubt it because uh, everything bakes my beans yeah, when it comes a, to this crap. He's a crappy old man. So they're, <laughs> they're, starting, they're creating a new lens mount, the L mount. Um, for So annoying. So basically, Lumix and Leica got the, they got the L and Sigma's like, hey, over here, what about uh, maybe LS mount? Can we do LS? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Just L mount. Uh, you know. New lens mount. But why? But why? But why though? It's um, it's annoying to me. It really is. I would rather, first of all, I mean, again, new lens mount just means a new inner diameter and a new focal uh, flange focal length, and that's what it is. With every new, you know, they have different things like that. So this one is actually a fifty. And the new adapter that you have to use. (laughs) Metabones is Metabones is already. They're just like cashing in right now. Cashing in. Uh, So it's a fifty-one point six millimeter inner diameter Mm. and a twenty millimeter flange focal length. And why was it necessary to do it? We don't know. We don't know. Um, You know, there's a video about it. I haven't watched it yet, but um, I mean, it's like, come on, guys. Sigma and Leica have been doing Canon mount forever. I know, right? Why? Why change now? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I make think your, I, make I th- your stuff only work for certain things. I think what the the biggest thing that they said is they doing this L mountain, which the reason it was announced with the Lumix is because it's specifically tailored towards full frame cameras. Because so many people, yeah, are, but I know, but I know, it, I, know I know, I know. Stop. That's what they're saying. I don't. I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't work for any of these companies, so I don't know why. All right, whatever. But that's what they're saying. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reaction we like with new stuff. Uh, All right, Alex, you got a couple more. Go ahead. Since you're so 
pissed off about the L mount. I know. Well, this is an interesting one uh-huh. for those of you guys who know what SLR Magic is. Mm. They have a, a little thing called the um, the anamorphot or anamorphot. You know what? Anamorphot. <laughs> Less so if they know SLR Magic, but more so if they know about these uh, anamorphot like yeah adapters. Yeah. So basically, it's a it's a little um, accessory that you put on the front of your lens. That that squeezes your image into anamorphic um, aspect ratios. So, depending on your sensor size, they have different ones. And um, the, much cheaper than buying anamorphic lenses, much which cheaper. are extremely expensive. But God, are they beautiful? Yeah, I think so their their anamorphic things are like. Oh God, get gross! You oh, touch yuck. Touch my head hole. <laughs> yuck. Um. Uh, I don't. I think they cost around thirteen hundred bucks for like the the biggest ones, and, the schnazziest ones. Yeah, and how much is an anamorphic lens? And a single anamorphic yeah. lens, probably yeah. like seven grand. Yeah, there you go, guys. So um, <laughs> these little things are great. Um, okay, go ahead, continue. Sorry. Um, so they just figured out that there is a specific kind of follow focus that will work to synchronize the follow focus on their anamorphot with uh, the lens follow focus because with these adapters and whatnot, they have their own focus ring. and You have to focus to the glass that they're adapting. Yes. And so um, PD Movie is the maker of a follow focus, a wireless or electronic follow focus, I should say. Um, and it's kind of inexpensive. It's like six hundred bucks for is this it, follow focus. Is it setup. wireless or is it just? It's wired. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, um, whatever. Yeah, that's. But fine. it's like I I think it actually has like a a wheel like yeah. you would have in the, in the normal like follow focus spot. I hate it's that. not like a it's not like a remote sometimes, situation. Sometimes wired is better. Yeah. So for most things, it works out, but it synchronizes it, and you can do two separate uh, diameters of like the barrel and the and the pitches and the gears and all that kind of stuff. It like calibrates each one separately but then synchronizes them together which is pretty freaking cool so now you can finally focus and do like rack focuses and different um live focus situations with these adapters because before you kind of had to like set it and you know focus to your subject and then not move it or you know like risk having some weird focus issues yep that's awesome that's awesome now big fan of that yeah they have this cool thing Nice. So check that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what else you got? Since you ruined it and, you know, broke uh, broke protocol so I couldn't go back and forth, back and forth, and you made me reveal the L mount because you're so excited about it. Yeah. What else you got? Go ahead again. (laughs) Um, So the Sony F5 II was announced a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's finally, we're getting some footage out there, some tests. People are finally testing it out. And um, it's claiming sort of like a high ISO performance and um, and stuff like that. And they have like exposure recovery, you know, mm. features, things like that. So uh, we're finally starting to get some videos and tests, um, which is cool. It's it's promising. And uh, the FS5 is sort of like the smaller uh, brother to the FS7. Um but the FS5 II now shoots 4K um, at 24 and 30 frames per second and HD up to 240 frames per second. 
so it's a cool little camera and it's not too expensive um i believe it is selling on bnh for a little under five grand which is not bad not bad at all so check check that out in the what's cool links if you want to see some of that sample footage that's pretty cool i i i I like sony I like yeah. the looks of Sony. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention it. it has a native ISO of 3200. Whoa. Which is weird, right? Yeah, super weird. Like, that's the native. That's, that's super. The, that's the one single native. That's the single native. I thought you were going to hit me with a, a dual ISO, but that's the single native. Is it ISO 3200? Th- I think so. I'm not super familiar with this camera yet, but that's what I read. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it says liars. here it's best to shoot with its native ISO 3200. Damn. It's weird. That's super but, weird. Hey, whatever. All right, fine, whatever, Japanese Sony. I guess you guys are just living in a weirdo land. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, okay, cool. I, I think mean, that's it. That's that's my last what's cool. Yeah, and that, uh, you ruined it for me, so whatever. Fine. I guess my thing was not cool enough with the Elmo. It wasn't, so you tried to break it up into two <laughs> things when really it was just one thing. <laughs> All right, that's going to do side. <laughs> one thing in the side. Can I close this off, please? You already okay, killed my what's cool. Off. All right. Let's see if you can. You can't even close off that wound on your head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you went low. Huh? All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode twenty. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. Please. If you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section, and we will try to answer them to the best of our knowledge. Don't forget, we now are on iHeartRadio. We're on TuneIn. What? We're on Spotify. Uh Uh-huh. We're on Stitcher. Yeah. Google Play. What? Next you're going to tell me iTunes. What? Yep. Oh my gosh, even though you just said to go on iTunes again for the five star rating, I can't believe we're on iTunes. So, you can listen to us forever. <laughs> you will never escape us. And uh, don't forget to like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram at Cinema Summit. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Interview, bye. <laughs>